0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Can Jesus really make a difference in your life? Stay with us as Pastor Steve Kramer begins a sermon series from the Gospel of Mark entitled, Jesus is...
1: The Christmas tree is gone, the gifts have been opened and some have been returned, Christmas is officially behind us. So let's get down to business and ask this all-important question, who is this Jesus whose birth we just celebrated and what difference can he make in my life? We're going to look at some answers to those questions for the next few Sundays as we begin our sermon series entitled Jesus Is. I invite you to listen in. We begin now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. As we begin to examine this wonderful gift, by the power of your Spirit, help us to catch a glimpse of his greatness and glory. Amen. Our reading for today is from Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, the baptism of Jesus. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. to mm-hmm. I would like to have you complete this sentence for me. Are you ready? Jesus is. Now you fill in the blank. What word or phrase came to mind for you when I said Jesus is? If you're a believer, perhaps it was Lord, Savior, my friend. Or if you're an unbeliever, the response might be a fraud, a hoax. Or someone who's undecided might think Jesus is a great teacher great man. People have all sorts of answers and ways of filling in that blank. As I think about this Jesus statement, I'm reminded of something humorous I ran across years ago. It was found among the graffiti on a wall at St. John's University. It went like this. And Jesus said unto them, who do you say that I am? And the systematic theologian replied, you are the eschatological manifestation of the ground of our being, the charisma in which we find the ultimate meaning of our interpersonal relationship. And Jesus said, what? (laughs) Well, we're going to spend the next few Sundays of Epiphany having God's word shed some light on how to fill in this blank, Jesus is. It's an important subject for each and every one of us. You see, Christianity is not just a doctrine, but it's the knowledge of a person. It's knowing the Lord Jesus. And so we're going to get to know him better over the next several weeks. We'll be using the gospel of Mark to accomplish that. I love Mark's gospel because it moves right along at a fast clip. It was also the first gospel written after the resurrection of Jesus. And it is said to be written from the Apostle Peter's recollections of his time with Jesus. Our first story that we're examining is a baptism of Jesus. We're told Jesus came from Nazareth, his hometown, and was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Now, the question has frequently been asked for 2,000 years why in the world was Jesus baptized? He was sinless, wasn't he? So, why bother? having john's baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins and it's a good question because yes jesus was sinless he was conceived by the working of the holy spirit of god he didn't need to repent and receive forgiveness like the rest of the people that came out to be baptized well then why matthew has a version of this story which tells us that jesus was going to John as an act of obedience to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill God's plan. Some say that this is Jesus identifying himself with a sinful people that he came to save. But in Mark, we're not really given a reason per se. We're just told John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. Perhaps it's because what mattered in Mark's mind was what happened at the baptism. More importantly, so let's take a look at it. We know that Jesus was immersed in the Jordan River, as Mark describes him coming up out of the water. And then immediately the heavens were torn apart. That takes us back to the Old Testament, book of Isaiah, chapter 64, where Israel longingly prays to God, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, tear apart the heavens and come down. This is a cosmic event, an answer to prayer. And then the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove, and there we're reminded of Genesis 1, the creation story, where we're told that the Spirit of God was hovering, which means literally in the Hebrew, fluttering like a dove, over the face of the waters. And finally, the voice of God was heard, which is the climax of the whole narrative. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased first, we're taken back to the very first verse of Mark's gospel, the opening statement. This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So this is an affirmation of who Jesus is. Right off the bat, as readers, we're given a peek behind the curtain and hear God say, this is the Son of God. There's no mystery here. And God's announcement in today's story, then, is an affirmation, a confirmation for us of who Jesus is. He's Unique. God's son. You are my beloved son, God says. And he goes on to say, who has done something great that God approves. What would that be? Was it the baptism that God approved, which would make it an act of obedience to God's plan and explain why Jesus did this? Or is it something that Jesus is starting that will soon get accomplished? The rescue from sin and death at the cross. That makes sense, doesn't it? Something else in this scene that's important for us to notice. Who's there? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are present. This is a Trinity event. People wonder, what is the Trinity? It's a Christian doctrine. and at Trinitarianism it holds that there is one God in three persons who know and love one another. So we have this touching, beautiful scene of the Trinity at the River Jordan, Loving and glorifying Jesus. When Jesus comes up out of the water, the Father envelops him and covers him with words of love and approval and affirmation. Meanwhile, the Spirit is covering him with power. Jesus the Son is glorified by the Father and the Spirit that day. And thus we see just how special Jesus is. He is the Son of God, the second member of the Trinity. To see Him is to see the face of God. But there's even more here than meets the eye at first. The Father's pronouncement upon Jesus is loaded with meaning in regard to his task that's ahead. This is a preview of Jesus' career to come. Those words of God, you're my beloved son, I'm pleased with you, contain echoes of some Bible verses out of the Old Testament. There is a fusing together of two Old Testament references in this statement. You are my son is a line lifted from Psalm 2, which is a royal messianic psalm used by Israel in the anointing of a king at his coronation. Kingly authority is being conferred in this psalm upon Jesus as he begins his ministry. He'll announce his kingdom and call people to repent and believe and enter in. He came as a king to rule. The second part of God's statement, with you I'm well pleased, is a takeoff from Isaiah 42. This chapter contains one of the messianic servant songs of Israel. We learn what kind of king Jesus is to be, a servant king who rules gently. He rules with a different set of values than worldly rulers. He's on a mission of mercy and service and even suffering on a cross in order to save sinners like us, as Isaiah 53, another servant song, tells us. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't point this out. There are echoes of another passage in the Old Testament in God's announcement, Genesis 22. There God says to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, your beloved, and offer him up as a sacrifice on the mountain I choose for you. That's interesting, isn't it? Now we have Jesus, the beloved son, the son of Abraham, who later on will be the sacrificial offering at Mount Golgotha for the sins of the world. So we're back to fill in the blank now. Jesus is the Son of God who has come to serve and save and rule. He's someone worthy of everyone's total attention and devotion. The next important question then, in light of this, is what are we to do with Jesus? Jesus the Son of God, who has come to seek and save and rule over us. You see, this Son of God came to enter your story, not just to have you know about him, but to know him personally. Uh, He wants to have a relationship with you and me and give you a new life, a life that will last forever forever to have the Father lovingly say the same thing to you as was said to him at his baptism. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. With you I am well pleased. He wants you to enter into and enjoy that circle of love that we saw at work in the Trinity that day. God's love. And that takes trust then on your part. We have a hard time with trust in this old sinful world of ours. People disappoint us with their promises. And then we oftentimes will place our trust in wrong things that we think will take care of us in life and get us where we need to go. And we find that they're not trustworthy. There's this story that's told about a national magazine who assigned a photographer to take pictures of a forest fire. They told him a small plane would be waiting at the airport to fly him over the fire so he could take his pictures. The photographer arrived at the airstrip just an hour before sundown, and sure enough, there was a small Cessna airplane waiting. He jumped into it with his equipment and shouted, Let's go! The pilot, a tense-looking man, turned the plane into the wind, and soon they were in the air, though flying erratically. Fly over the north side of the fire, said the photographer, and make several low-level passes for me. (laughs) Why, asked the pilot. Because I'm going to take pictures, yelled the photographer. I'm a photographer, and that's what photographers do. They take pictures. The pilot replied, you mean you're not the flight instructor? Now that's what I call some poorly placed trust. That's a dangerous dead end, if you ask me. There are a lot of people who put their trust in the wrong things. And Jesus wants you to trust in him. And you can. Trust him for your salvation. He suffered and died for your sins and rose again so that you could have the gift of eternal life. So, trust, trust him, this king, this son of God. It also involves giving him Total control of your everyday life, for you see, he came to rule over you and to show you the way of life, real life. There's a testimony from Tim Hansel's book, Holy Sweat, that I want to end with today, and it goes like this. At first I saw God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong, so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later on, when I met Jesus Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike for two, and I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know when it was that he suggested that we change places, but life has not been the same since we did that. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when Jesus took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds, and it was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he'd say, paddle. I worried. It was anxious. And I asked him, Where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer, and I started to learn that I could trust him. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say I'm scared, he'd lean back and he'd touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. And they gave me gifts to take on my journey, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again. And he'd say, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did. To the people we met. And I found that in giving, I received. Still, our burden was light. I did not trust Jesus at first in control of my life. I thought he would wreck it. But Jesus knows bike secrets, knows how to make a bend to take sharp corners, knows how to jump to clear high rocks, how to fly to shorten scary passages. And I am learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breezes on my face with my delightful, constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just turns and smiles and says, Pedal! Pedal! Jesus is the Son of God, the King who came to save and rule over us and show us what makes life work best and to give us eternal life with him forever. O oh, people, won't you trust in him today and turn your life over to his loving care? Amen.
2: Lord, the light of your love is shining. In the midst of the darkness shining, Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on me. Shine on me. With grace and mercy Send forth your word Lord, and let there be light Lord, I come to your awesome presence From the shadows into your radiance By the blood I may enter your brightness Search me, try me, consume all my darkness Shine on me Shine on me Shine, Jesus, shine Fill this land with the Father's glory Blaze, Spirit, blaze Set our hearts on fire Flow, river, flow Flood the nations With grace and mercy sin
1: Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and every day. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the Christian Crusaders radio and internet ministry. We are grateful for God's continued blessings and faithfulness to this ministry for the past 84 years. And we're excited to lift up his name, point people to Jesus Christ, and stand boldly on his word. And we ask you to prayerfully consider how you might partner with us in support of this ministry. Our Gem Club, Gift Every Month Club, helps you set aside 10 20 or $50 every month and is rarely missed from your monthly budget but can make a significant difference to the future of this ministry. Go to our website and become a Gem Club member today. Memorial gifts are a great way to remember loved ones. Donors are published in our quarterly newsletter mailings and have become a meaningful way to remember a loved one. Homer Larson had a 51-year history as Christian Crusaders' lead preacher. It was Homer's dream to establish a perpetual fund that would receive large gifts to Christian Crusaders so as to build up a fund to cover operating expenses. We now offer the official Christian Crusaders Perpetual Fund that receives gifts of $20,000 or more in honor of Homer and Eunice Larson. We invite you to learn more about this fund on our website at ChristianCrusaders.org. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, have become a significant part to our ministry. Please consider a final gift to this ministry as a part of your estate planning. For more information on how you can make an estate gift, a legacy donation, or a non-cash gift, call us at 319-277-0924 and request advice from one of our trusted Christian finance experts. They will help you at no cost. Call our office today at 319-277-0924 or visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. We thank each of you for your gifts and your prayers. We are happy you were able to worship with us today and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Today's service was conducted by Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, broadcasting and podcasting biblical truth since 1936.
1: Hi, I'm Matt Reister, Executive Director of Christian Crusaders, and I want to invite you to listen to our other content on three free podcasts. First, the CC Broadcast podcast features all our broadcasts, even going back to many of Pastor Homer Larson's sermons. Second, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions is where we're walking through the Bible each day. And third, the CC Podcast Conversations feature my interviews with inspiring Christians, including former Iowa Hawkeye and current lineman for the Buffalo Bills, Ike Butker. These free podcasts are available at our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, on the Christian Crusaders app for your mobile devices, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.